We're back. It's Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. In the last segment, we talked about how the church can serve teenagers, but also in the way that the responsibility that teenagers have in serving and being active in the church. And, you know, to talk about, there's one person that uh, has written a book uh, focusing on the gospel and the lives of teenagers. And as soon as I saw the book, I was like, you know what? I showed it to Jordan and said, you know, man, oh, yeah. we, we've got to have her uh, on Engage. We've got to talk to her. And her name is Jack. Okay, I'm going to try this again. Jackal, Jackal. Did I say that right? Jackal Crow. Yeah, the second time. Jackal Crow. Okay, there we go. So Jackal Crow, uh, you have written a book, uh, and it is called The Gospel. Uh, and I, there it is. This changes everything, how the gospel transforms the teen years. Now, before we get started on that, I also have to say, uh, not only has she written a book, she's also editor-in-chief of The Revolution. She's written for Gospel Coalition, Desiring God, her blog, and she has a podcast. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. So That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Jack L., how do you have girl. time to do anything? <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult. Uh, I need to make priorities. But, you know, <laughs> life is a little bit busy right now. No, you know what? I think you've got some great priorities. So I'll tell you what. Let's get started. Tell us a little bit about the book, Why now, you say in the book that you wanted to write a book that you wanted to read. So, yeah, absolutely. So this was the book. That's exactly what I say that I wanted to read when I was a younger teen. Um, around the time that I was 11, 12, that's really when I started um, taking my faith very seriously, and I started reading these books on gospel living, how to apply God's Word in my life. And I was really looking for a resource that was written specifically to teenagers, that was addressing the unique temptations and challenges that I was facing at the time, and I really couldn't find it. So I read a lot of fantastic books, but they were mostly written for adults. Mm. And so as I got older and was writing more and more, and eventually the Lord began opening opening doors and giving me opportunities to write a book, I came to this point where I asked, well, what is the book? that I could write. What is a book that if I only if I only had the opportunity to write one book in my life, what would it be? Mm. And and this was it. A book for young people just like me, uh, from someone who is in the trenches with them, who is nearing the end of their teen years, um, to say, how did the gospel change my life and how can the gospel change your life? And that's what spurred this book. And so I just wanted to create this resource, this gospel-centered resource, to address these, uh, there's eight areas I address in the book of a teenager's life, and how following Jesus really does transform every aspect of being a young person. Well, that's great. Uh, I was only able to look at the book very briefly, but in that time, I saw this is an amazing book, so needed, too. Um, It seems like the church, by and large, um, perhaps unintentionally, has kind of foregone the teenage years and um, put more emphasis on on the adult years. So um, what was some of the response that you got from this book? Yeah, well, I got a response that's very similar to one that you just had. A lot of young people who sort of stepped up and and said, uh, yes, this book resonates with me a lot because in some ways I do feel not marginalized, but maybe not as as called to Mm. be a part of the church mm-hmm. as many adults are. And so it's, it's been very encouraging, also discouraging in that regard, uh, in that there are some, some areas in the church that we, we need to work on mm. and uh, calling our teens to more. 
but it's encouraging to hear from the teens that they want to be called to more, that they want to pursue discipline, that they are ready to meet higher expectations and higher standards. You know, I, I cannot agree more. That's kind of what we, we discussed in the last segment, too, and I'd love to get your take on this. Two questions. One, we have the stereotype of the teenager, of even the young adult, because I think in our culture, adolescence is kind of creeping into even the 30s, which is crazy. Um, but when it comes to the church, we have, like I, I, I like how you put it, it's not really a marginalization, uh, but it is a lower expectation. Um, and so two things I'd like you to, to ask you about. One, how do you think the church can move past that uh, stereotype, that way of thinking? And then two, what can young adults, what can teenagers do to break out of that mold? Yeah, well, I think it's a first recognizing in both parties that these low expectations have uh, existed and in some cases flourished. And then I think uh, a part of it from the church's perspective is just making this this mental switch of divorcing the stereotypes from the reality of the teenagers in front of them who can uh, do more than what they're calling them to. I mean, there's so many stereotypes uh, that exist with teenagers, millennials, arrogant, uh, self-focused, um, all, all these things that uh, just have been perpetuated because um, because people believe them and they're going around culture. And so for the Church to say, wait a minute, those, those are not true, we're not going to continue perpetuating those, and to start actively looking at the teens in their church, looking at the structure of their church and saying, how can we invite these teens into the community of our church? How can we um, actively involve these teens in, in the life of what's going on here? Uh, how can our teens start serving? How can we address our teens in the preaching? How can we teach our teens God's Word? in a way that doesn't talk down to them or that doesn't make them feel like this is just sort of for the, for the uh, almost Christians, but to really engage them as young followers of Christ. And then for teenagers to just step up to those expectations, to do their own part in not perpetuating the stereotypes, to, you know, work hard, to uh, seek humility, to uh, try to be teachable, um, but then to, to just work well with the Church, um, to joyfully embrace responsibility, and to continue to follow Christ and just live faithfully in defying those stereotypes. I think putting it like that, where to stop looking at teenagers as almost Christian, mm-hmm. I think that's a brilliant way of putting that. You wrote on uh, the Gospel Coalition uh, in, in an article, we're going to uh, link to this on the, the podcast page, but it's three ways you could serve teenagers in your church. But the first one is get to know us. And I love that you say it this way, love can't thrive where stereotypes and misunderstandings mm-hmm. reign. Uh, yeah. I thought that was incredibly insightful, but also so convicting um, for for many of us in the church, because we do let stereotypes, not just uh, stereotypes toward teenagers, but even stereotypes of older generation oh, yeah. and older mm-hmm. Christians as well. But if you know the person, then you know the stereotype doesn't exist, really. Absolutely, and that's something you just mentioning stereotypes towards older people. I mean, that's something that teenagers struggle mm-hmm. with. So it's not just a, a specifically uh, like a middle age problem or older problem. It's it's something that as fallen people we all deal with, and it's something that as Christ followers we all must seek to get over to move past. 
Uh, this is Engage Magazine on American Family Radio. We are talking with Jaquel Crow, um, and she is the author of This Changes Everything, How the Gospel Impacts, uh, or How the Gospel Transforms the Teen Years. Um, and so, Jaquel, I, so I have to ask you this question, because your writing um, is so well-grounded in theology. Like you had mentioned earlier, you were reading books written for adults and all of these different things. But when I talk to people, even my own age, um, in un, you know young thirties, they look at theology as this dry, boring um, subject, and they're not really excited to study it. So it's really difficult to get them grounded in it. What brought you to this point, to where you are so grounded and passionate about theology? Well, first, first credit ultimately goes to God. But then, how He works through my parents is a major way that I think of how I started reading theology and uh, even figured out what it was. And I think what it came down to for me is realizing fundamentally what is theology. Theology is a study of God. And this God is so beautiful and worthy and life-giving and (laughs) joy-giving. It's I just got to this point where I was like, how how can I not want to study him and know him more? And that's why uh, being pointed to books that just uh, extol the glory of this God were things that ignited this passion in me, reading more and more about this God, learning about him in a way that wasn't dry. It makes me so sad, especially when teenagers have this idea that theology is this sort of a boring academic study that is completely divorced from any concept of happiness or satisfaction, but that theology is something that should fuel our joy in life. Theology should make us happy. It should make us uh, better Christians in that we know God more. And so um, my parents, uh, godly teachers who pointed me to resources, all of these people who modeled the fact that studying theology can be a, a happy, good thing, that it's not just this pie-in-the-sky thing for ivory tower academics, and really getting into these books myself, getting into God's Word first and foremost, seeing Him there, all of these things added up to me <laughs> realizing that theology is amazing, and teenagers need it, and Christians need it, because it's all about God. Now, we already kind of touched on this, uh, talking about service to the Church, um, but what would you say to a teenager or young adult even who finds themselves in a church context that does not expect or encourage them to serve? How can they begin to do that on their own initiative? First, I would say talk to their parents about it. If their parents are engaged and involved in the church, this should be something that uh, their parents can be involved in the conversation with. And then I would say that along with their parents, they should go to their pastor or pastors. And I mean, this is an amazing thing for a pastor. My dad's a pastor, so I know this. For a young person to come to the leaders of a church and say, hey, I want to serve this body as a follower of Christ. Um, I have these particular uh, gifts. I have extra time right now. Um, I, I want to serve Christ by serving his body. How can I do that? Uh, let me help you. I mean, I, I think that's something that uh, it sounds difficult and maybe awkward, but it's something that really isn't. I mean, going to your parents, going to your pastor and saying, I'm here, how can I help? 
that's the first step I would say. And then being willing to, uh, to hear what needs um, are existing and be willing to meet those needs. So I, I have to offer you an apology really quick because up to this point, we've not talked about where people can actually get your book. Um, so tell us real quick, where could somebody buy uh, the How the Gospel Transforms the Teen Years? Sure. Well, they can get the book at any major uh, bookseller, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, CBD, or through Crossway's website directly. All right. And you also have a, a website, uh, Jack L. Crow. We're going to link to that uh, in the description. And one of the things that I found while looking at your website, now you also travel and speak a good bit. Uh, but you put on your site that there are three things for people to keep in mind when uh, when they do invite you to come and speak. And one of the things on there shows just how much you love your local church. And that's that, you know, you say you look at everything on a case-by-case basis, but you don't want to miss worshiping with your local church. What What led you to that? Yeah, well, as uh, the speaking thing is more recent since the book came out, that's something that I've had more and more opportunities for since then. And so I've really had to think about it and have these conversations with my parents. And uh, like I said before, my dad is a pastor, and he's pastor of my church. Uh, So these conversations are something we've just had. And uh, I've realized more and more the necessity of being plugged into a local church as a young person. And I've seen other leaders who have not been plugged into a local church, and I've seen how much easier it is to lose that accountability, that fellowship. And on the other hand, I've seen leaders who love their local church. And when I look at them, I I think, I want to be like them. And as I look at my own church, I mean, I love my church a lot. (laughs) I love the people there. I love the teaching there. And I need that. And I just know that it would be easy to try to take more engagements that take me away from the church. And I know that ultimately, that's going to be detrimental to my soul's health. And so I, I want to be very clear from the beginning that I like to be away from my church as little as possible because I need them. Now, on top of everything else you do, the speaking and the and the uh, the book writing and all of that, you also have a podcast. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Of course. So my podcast is called Age of Minority, which is a play of, on words, <laughs> uh, Age of Majority, and it's for young people. And I do it with my dad, and it is really uh, a conversation between a young person and a parent on issues pertaining to life and the gospel and being a young person. And so we talk about all different things. We'll talk about everything from a matter of theology. I mean, we talk about the doctrine of the Trinity, to we will talk about an issue going on in culture. We'll talk about government or movies or, or a summer books bucket or list. Like this. Mm-hmm. Or even a summer and bucket list that has a lot of ice cream on it. That's so. right. Exactly. We talk about <laughs> ice cream. We talk about our cats. We talk about food a lot, Um, and the whole point is that you get the perspective of a young person, and you get the perspective of a parent just who love each other and are doing life together, and we hope it's a service to the young people who are listening and the parents who are listening. Yeah, and I mean, and it's not... Yeah, the the thing that I really enjoy about the podcast is that it's not just for teenagers. It's really a bit for everything because it, and, and you guys have a lot of fun on it. Um, we and do. so, you know, I, I'll say this I've listened to the podcast, well, uh, several episodes of the podcast, and it's just, it's really great. There again, we're going to link to that uh, on the podcast page, engagemagazine.net slash podcast. Um, you know, Jack, one of the things that uh, that I really wanted to talk to you here uh, at the last few minutes is when people come to your website, uh, when people come to your book, 
what can they expect to really hear from you? Give us a minute of just your heart and kind of um, how God has brought you to the place where you are. Sure. Well, this message of my book, this changes everything, gets to the heart of what I'm trying to communicate to any person who reads my writing, who listens to the podcast, that you can't follow Jesus and live like nothing is different. The gospel radically impacts every area. The more that I've heard you speak, the more that I have read of your works, Jacqueline, I just have fallen in love with your heart and have just a great amount of respect for you. So tell our people real quick where they can find you, where they can hear your podcast, all of those things real quick. Sure. So all of those things can be accessed from my website, jaquelcrow.com, uh, and the podcast directly can be found at ageofminority.com. All right. That's great. So, Jaquel, thank you again for coming on to our program. I hope that you have been blessed listening to her. If you have any questions about how teenagers can serve the local church or how the church can serve teenagers, let me tell you right now, Jaquel Crow is a wonderful resource for you to check out. It's jaquelcrow.com. We're going to have a link to that and links to all of the things that we've talked about on our podcast page, engagemagazine.net slash podcast. And until next week, our prayer, our hope is that you will apply, is share truth and apply scripture, not just in your own life, but share it in the lives of your local body of believers as well.